Hello from elsewhere. I'm Valerie. And I'm Casey. And this episode comes to you straight from Nidavellir. That's a made-up word. All words are made up. Today we're discussing the beauty of failure, this time in Avengers, Infinity War, and Avengers Endgame. Valerie, can we talk about how our house is still mildly haunted? In what way? There, There's um, foliage growing through the walls. <laughs> there's this one weird corner in our house, and it's an outside wall. And just like along the baseboard, we have noticed the, like the sprout coming through. But now there's two of them. I don't know if you've looked over there lately. Right. Because the last time I, I pulled the weeds and then I was like assumed they wouldn't come back because it's wintertime outside. But apparently the roots are somewhere warm enough that it likes our warm house and yeah. they have come back. Because more than one's come back. It's like Jumanji in the walls. <laughs> but over the span of months versus, you know, yeah. immediate. Right. Like our house isn't scary haunted. There's just weird things like balloons that don't deflate and... They just kind of peer out from behind couches. (laughs) Either that or we're just easily scared, which is probably the more likely. Maybe. And now there's plants growing through the walls, etc. One little tiny vine. Don't be such a baby. No, there's two. There's two two now. Two tiny vines. (laughs) You brought a friend this time. Wait, if I pluck it, will three grow back? Yeah, that's how it works. Oh, man. So I just, what, let them take over the whole house? So we just cultivate it. Hmm. Grow a garden. <laughs> yeah. And just how? It's not getting any sunlight. It's at the baseboard, dark corner, like. Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand it. It's really cold outside. It's like yeah. it's been freezing. Literally so, freezing. I don't know. I can get the warmth from our house thing. But yeah. sun, it's getting no sun. And its roots must be really far away to get soil. I was going to say something cheesy about how you're the sunshine. Let the record show <laughs> Valerie's creeped out face grimacing <laughs> but yes we are talking about failure and the beauty of failure we've done a beauty of failure episode before we talked about the last jedi and unicorn store which is kind of an odd couple but it it worked and i'm very proud of that episode and you can listen to this episode one. without listening to that but it's also kind of fun to consider this as a sequel in a way either way however you want however you want to listen to us go for it but yeah avengers infinity war and endgame what's funny is our first Beauty of Failure episode came out the day of release of Endgame. I, don't I didn't realize that. that. And uh, so I, as I was watching it that weekend, I was like kicking myself. Like if if we had waited a couple weeks, we could have done, you know, we could have incorporated Endgame. But I actually like this better that we had that first episode with The Last Jedi and Unicorn Store. And now we're doing it again with um, Infinity War and Endgame. Because as I was watching, it, I was like, man, there's so much failure and I wasn't sure if it was just because it was on my mind because of that episode and we just released uh, the first one. But uh, it, yeah, here we are, many months later, finally finally doing it. Where do you want to start? From the beginning. Let's start at the very beginning. I'm no Julie Andrews, but you know. What if Julie Andrews was an Avenger? Oh my goodness. I'm just going to put that out there. Just think about it for a second. But Infinity War starts with failure. Um jump right into the action it's starting with the failure of of uh well hulk hulk fails to beat thanos and which is just a very um effective way to show how powerful thanos is you put him up against possibly the strongest avenger right off the bat and he beats him very easily by himself Uh, but it's also you know thor and company have failed to protect asgard which they've had a lot of stuff they've been facing those poor asgardians Definitely. And Thor specifically has been living failure in the whole movie Thor Ragnarok. And so it's, it, you know, it continues. Right. Infinity War is just an extension of, of Thor's journey of accepting failure and facing failure. Because, yeah, Ragnarok really is also all about failure. And there's a lot of Marvel movies that are that Infinity War and Endgame aren't the only two. But I think it's just the most, um, I don't know what the they word really is. They really beat him down. Like he suffers a lot. Well, him and then all the characters, and that's why we wanted to do this episode, was because it's it's failure as a theme is at the forefront in these two in particular, but that doesn't mean that they're not part of the other stories. And, and as we've said before, failure is a common theme, but they are in your face with failure in these two, two, these two movies. Which is one of the beauties of these movies, because as heroes, you picture them as... You picture them as infallible, but they have failures. So they're still human or relatable in that sense even though they are super heroes yeah that's true i think that's what makes them fun and interesting to watch especially because you know prior to infinity war and endgame 
Marvel had been accused of being sort of afraid. Marvel Studios had been accused of being afraid to kill off their characters. And then right off the bat, Thor is dealing with so much loss. You know, Heimdall dies. Loki dies uh, for real. Uh, you know, for real this time. Right. He's not coming back. And most of the Asgardians have died. It's pretty much just Thor and then whoever was able to escape, uh, like Valkyrie and, and the others that made it to Earth somehow. But Thor right at the beginning is facing so much loss and so much failure which he's already faced like we said in Ragnarok he um had his hammer destroyed and he was had his hand forced to allow Asgard to be destroyed um Asgard the place not the people but then in Infinity War the people are destroyed as well at least a great part of them yeah 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 how do Valkyrie and the others get to? Does Heimdall open a portal before Thanos attacks the ship? Like, what's the. Something must have happened, yeah, between that point where. Can Heimdall open a. What do they call it? Well, yeah, because that's how he sends Hulk to Earth. I guess that's true. But that was like his last bit of magic that he used. But yeah, somehow Valkyrie and some of the, others, the other Asgardians got off because something must have happened between the end credit scene of Ragnarok and the very beginning of Infinity War. I don't know, escape pods or something. That'd be my guess. Yeah, they had some sort of well, ships. Well, Valkyrie's little ship is on top of the big Asgardian one, right? That's true, but... I, I don't, don't know how I, many people it would have fit. Yeah, because when they go to New Asgard, there's still a fair number of people. Like, not a ton, but more than I would think could fit inside of the... Um, it's my birthday. Yeah, what's what's his name? <laughs> I can't, the Jeff Goldblum spaceship. <laughs> it's my birthday. <laughs> That's our yeah. That's our birthday. Is that what you're going to say? Our yeah, birthday song. Yeah, our birthday song. We sing it regularly around here. Yeah, we don't sing the traditional happy birthday. We Mm-mm. sing the Thor Ragnarok. It's your birthday song. Fireworks in the background. But what I think was interesting, the very first total side tangent. Oh, go for our it. other favorite birthday song is also Taika Waititi. <laughs> that's the true. <laughs> Ricky, Ricky Baker. Ricky Baker. Baker. You are 13 years old. <laughs> It's your birthday. Um, yeah. No, Thanos's first words are about failure in Infinity War. Um, he says, I, don't, I, I know what it's like to lose, to feel so desperately that you're right, but to fail nonetheless. And he's talk, he, he continues talking about how failure is their destiny. And it's not false. It's true. Failure is their destiny. It, um, everything that he says, you know, comes to pass. And it goes back to, or I guess, forward to Endgame where, where Nebula says he's not a liar. Um, He's also prophetic in that way, just in that they do fail and it is their destiny. Thanos thinks very highly of himself, doesn't he? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think you'd have to be to be a, you know, what do you call it? a megalomaniac who would kill off, you know, half of the universe. Right. Yeah, exactly. You'd have to be pretty darn sure that you are in the right. Well, and he knows how powerful the stones are as well, um, just in terms of like power level um but yeah he does believe that he's right and what's that i don't know (laughs) something from a video game or something yeah if i played video games it was definitely something from a video that's what i was channeling Mm -hmm. but i can't think of a specific instance because i don't know video games nobody knows that you don't know video games (laughs) you don't need to say that now i've given it away that's a failing of mine i'm not a gamer that's not a failure Not having a hobby isn't a failure. Not having one hobby. Not having any hobbies might be a, a weird thing to have, but... Mm. You've offended somebody out there with zero hobbies. Mm, I don't know. Listening to podcasts is, is a, a hobby. hobby. <laughs> so if they're listening to me, and especially because we talk about movies and books, which are also hobbies anyways. No, but I, when you mentioned that about Thanos, I was thinking, is um, is the fact that he's so powerful and believes he's so powerful... Like, is that his undoing, do you think? Like, it's a a hubris leading to his fall kind of a thing? I like Thanos' demise. Well, maybe we should talk about this later, because I feel like this comes to the very end of Endgame. Sure. Because I have thoughts on that. So I like when you come to Earth with with Hulk. Come to Earth with Hulk, and he alerts the wizard that the... (laughs) That Thanos is coming, and they gather up Iron Man, and well, I guess he goes to Iron Man for no, he falls through. I don't remember. Okay, he falls into the wizard's house, and then the wizard pulls Iron Man through a portal. I love that you're just. Uh, that's going to be the rest. I'm going to call him the wizard from now on as well. Yeah. If you do too, that's so like the. That's what Iron Man calls him. I know. I know so that. It's natural. And you know yeah. his name. Like it's not that you don't know his name. I'm just. I love you're calling him the <laughs> wizard, so I'm going to continue. 
to also call him the wizard. Anytime there's a chance to call anybody a wizard. True. I will take it. So they're starting out with all this and Thanos has sent his minions to get the stones that are on Earth and bring them back. Which is so interesting. I think this comes to Thanos' hubris. Like, he is just confident enough in his underlings. He's like, I don't even need to go get the stones myself. And they come really close. Like, they put in a lot of work. And the one guy, Squidward, gets the ship with the wizard in it. And they're off the planet. So they have failed to protect the first stone. They're already taking it to, is it Titan? Yeah. Titan, which was Thanos' home planet. And... They are, which is so funny, when they call him a titan, like they call Thanos a titan, Yeah, I kind of picture it as like an all-powerful being. Right, well, I think that's the the image you're supposed to have. But I think they are powerful on their own. Right. Without the stones, Thanos is still super super powerful. Right. Anyways, just in other mythology and things when you talk about titans. Right. Talking about like powerful beings that can like defeat the gods. Mm -hmm. Anyways, so I was picturing him. That just being more of like a nickname than it being like his actual race. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so they have already failed. One of the stones is off Earth and Vision is deeply under attack. Now, I want to talk about Vision and Wanda because Vision tells Wanda that she's the one who can destroy the stone and that she should. And she says it's too high of a price to pay. Now, is Wanda's inability to like accept the idea of destroying Vision Stone a failure? Mm, that's a big question. I'd say no. I don't know. A failure from a practical standpoint, sure. But right. from a human emotional standpoint and a moral standpoint, I don't know. That's a big philosophical question. It's the whole do the do the ends justify the means or the is is one life worth ending to save you know millions of others it's the trolley problem that's exactly (laughs) i have written down here in my notes (laughs) the trolley car problem (laughs) we're in we're in our heads we're talking about the good place here and and the trolley car problem yes yeah would you take your trolley car and and kill one person that you know or kill a you know I don't want dozen to, other people that you don't know. I don't I'm gonna stop you because I want to do a good place episode where you and I talk about all the philosophical quandaries presented oh, by the good place. And so How I'd, could we even keep track of them all? Oh, I'm so sure there's a list somewhere. <laughs> Somebody has done the work for us. Yeah. <laughs> there's a fan out there. Yeah. So can you can you consider Wanda's love for vision a failure in that she's not willing to sacrifice him for millions, trillions, if you're counting the whole universe of others? Well, it, it's more of an interesting question because later she doesn't fail, but then she does. You know what I mean? Like yes. she decides that she's going to do it and she does it. But then when Thanos uses the time stone to erase it all, he creates that failure for her anyways. And they have one of the most tragic storylines. It's pretty heart heart wrenching that mm-hmm. um, she watches him die twice, which is tragic. Well, and, and the whole uh, infinity war in particular the the theme of sacrifice is at the forefront where th- there's multiple characters that ask someone else to kill them or um well so you've got Wanda and Vision and you've got um Gamora and Quill Gamora and Quill and then you've also got Thanos and Gamora um mm-hmm. so these three different ones and Thanos is the one that succeeds at killing Gamora whereas Peter fails and Wanda ultimately fails um with Vision as well because of the time stone um which is, well, and that, that's part of the reason why Thanos is somewhat the protagonist of Infinity War, because he succeeds at the end. I like when we meet Thor on the Peter Quill ship. I just blanked on the name of it. The Alyssa Milano. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, that's the what, Milano. That's what it's named after. Is it? Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> because Peter Quill would have had a crush on Alyssa Milano when he was a kid. Oh, that makes sense. Because she was, you know, a young actress at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he named the ship after Alyssa Milano. <laughs> That's a fantastic tidbit yeah. that I did not know. Yeah. I love that. So yeah, so when we meet Thor on the Milano, and he mentions that he's gonna go and get a you know Thanos killing weapon. Um, Nidavellir. I already forgot. We we said the name in the intro. Nidavellir. Yeah. Nid. Nidavellir. That's not it. No. Nidavellir. Nidavellir. That's a made up word. Sorry, we already did that joke. Yeah, so when he's talking about he's going to get a Thanos-killing weapon and they're all of the uh, Peter Quill's crew. Why did I just blank on their group name? It's their album cover name, Casey. 
album cover name. Yes. I don't know. You know, group name, band name. Mm, I'm not going to tell you. You're not going to tell you? You're just going to bug me? <laughs> I'm trying not Guardians. to be pedantic. Okay, so the Guardians uh, of the Galaxy. I don't know if it's pedantic if I'm asking that's you. That's true. That's true. I'm here asking for your help and you're denying me. <laughs> it's just funny to it's see just... <laughs> you smile at me while you wait for me to answer. Fill it in. I know you will. You know all the answers. <laughs> That's not fair. I don't. You know all the nerd answers. I do not. It's like our children arguing today where we were talking about some ocean creatures and our four-year-old daughter is saying something and our six-year-old son is like, that's not right. He's like, I'm a bit of an ocean nerd. (laughs) (laughs) So I know what all the answers are. (laughs) We're going to have to teach that out of him. He probably, I don't know. I was like that when I was younger too. But and I still got a little bit of in, in a little bit of it in me, so that scares me a little bit. <laughs> He's very confident to the extreme sometimes. Yeah. Being right is more important than being kind, kind of a thing. Yeah, we'll work on it. Yeah. Anyway, we'll walk, show him Harvey a hundred times, and <laughs> Harvey will help get that out of him. He'll become a teenager, and all your confidence fades naturally, so it's fine. <laughs> Life Except will beat for when it, it relates to your parents. They're still smarter than their parents. You know? mm. They assume they are. That's okay. His peers will beat his confidence out of him. That's what teenagehood is for. Anyways, Guardians of the Galaxy. And Thor. And heading, oh, heading oh, and Thanos. Planet, okay, so yes. The star, I mean. The Guardians were telling Thanos, well, can you really defeat him? And he's like, yeah, I'll beat him. And they're like, well, he's beat you before. And he's like, but he's never faced me twice. <laughs> <laughs> or he's never beat me twice. He's right. like... And Thanos, or not Thanos, but Thor mentions that he's fifteen hundred years years old and hasn't lost a battle. And so Thor is his first truly lost battle. So that's a major failure for him. And he's using that that grief at losing and that grief at losing his people and his best friend Heimdall and his brother, who he's pretty sure is dead for real this time. Um, he's using that grief as a motivator, as a way to come back to Thanos. Yeah, and I'm going to bring it up even though it's an endgame thing. I, I like this parallel. There's the part where Thor is talking to Rocket and talking about how, like you were just saying, that um, he's been alive for so many years and never failed, basically. And he says, you know, I'm only alive because fate wills me to be alive kind of an idea. Mm. Um, and, and Rocket says, but what if you're wrong? And he says, Thor says, if, if I'm wrong, what more could I lose? Which is very much a parallel of what Captain America says in Endgame, where he's talking to, um, is it Black Widow when he says it? He says, we're going to succeed because I don't know if, what I'll do if we don't. And that's a paraphrase. I don't remember the exact wording. But right. um, I like that parallel that these two characters who have faced a lot of failure, um, but they're going up against their biggest failures. And that's kind of the the major theme that we're covering here is just how big this failure failure is and we haven't even got to to the failure itself um the big failure at the end of infinity war but we'll get there to be fair thor doesn't fail in the making of a you know thanos killing weapon like he's plans he makes stormbreaker which do you think it's a bit much i like the name i like it yeah i mean it's fun rocket, it's a fun fantasy rocket name. says it's a bit much but marvel <laughs> sometimes winks at their own stuff you know a little bit of breaking the fourth wall i love that thor who is driven by guilt guilt and failure at all the loss that happened at the beginning of the movie and also overlap of all the guilt and failure from thor ragnarok he's driven by this he's he's not really he hasn't really faced that failure but he's driven by it and he comes to Etri, the the dwarf wonderful wonderful peter dinklage and and Etri is also wallowing in failure and so they kind of and he's mad at heads. thor Thor doesn't even realize that he failed. Yeah, that's true. Failed yeah. the dwarves. Uh, he's, you know, the dwarf. What's his name? The dwarf's name? Etri. Etri. I think. Yeah. Uh, he tells him, you know, you failed us. He says it right out. Oh yeah. You were supposed to protect us. Right. That's his job is to protect the right. nine realms. Well, and they is both it nine. I'm think, just going with it. <laughs> I think. And they both have survivor's guilt too. Like Thanos left. He killed everyone Absolutely. except for Etri, and. Um, Thor, for all he knows, is the only Asgardian left. But in in that whole scene, Thor has one hope and only one hope that just that pure belief that Stormbreaker can um, help him kill Thanos, which is really interesting in the context of Ragnarok because he's already forgotten what his dad told him that, you know, are you the god of hammers? It's the same thing. Are you the god of, of big axes? You, you know, you know, you're the god of, of thunder. But Thor 
Thor seems to have this um, habit of hearing good advice, and we'll get to this later, get good advice from mentors in his life. From parents? parents specifically. Oh, he's and such a teenager. Learning them and taking them to heart for a second and then failing, failing, there you go again, failing to really take them to heart. And this is one instance where it hasn't been that long since Ragnarok and he's already forgotten that he's the hero. The, the, the he object is enough without yeah, the object the isn't isn't the heroic thing. It's it's him. Although I do want to talk about how he makes Stormbreaker because it's pretty powerful. Yeah. Like jump starts the star, and then the fact that he holds the eye open wall, the power of you know he, Itri says that he's going to take the full force of a star. Right. Um, which question for you? I was thinking about this the last time we watched it. By doing that, by holding the eye open, does he like imbue the axe with some of his essence? And the oh. starlight power goes through him. I don't know. While he's holding the eye open. Is that why he's like so connected to this axe? Because the hammer is based off of worthiness. The axe isn't. I was wondering if he had a special connection with it because of that. It was like his power plus the star's power. That'd be cool. I don't know. I like that idea. Well, in Infinity War, while there are other characters failing, in a lot of ways, Thor is the main character of Infinity War. If it's not Thanos, it's probably Thor. And it's because so much of the focus is on his failure and how he's dealing with it and facing it or not facing it. Um, yeah, because by by the end, he are we ready to get to the big failure? Are yes. ready to go there? You know, obviously it's it's obvious. That I want to mention right before we start that though that uh, that the wizard is you know he's using the time stone and going through all the options, all the possible right. outcomes, and he says that he goes through over fourteen million possible outcomes and they only win in one so the odds of them failing is like almost a certainty like pretty right. much well and the writings on the wall he says we're in the end game now and end game as a move in chess is where you're sacrificing and so failure is kind of inherent in that you don't know chess and <laughs> you don't know video you, games i'm calling you out <laughs> on that that's pendant you can't say that and you don't play chess that's what? What were you going to call me? Pedantic. It's pedantic. <laughs> Set you up for that one. Just to show you off. <laughs> You're right. I don't play chess. But I do know that that, that move in chess and, and game is a sacrificial move. Just like you know power up is a video game thing. <laughs> we pick small things up along the way, don't we? Yeah. Now I just really want to stop and make you list all the characters in chess. All the pieces mm. and and what moves they can make, Casey. Not me, not Hermione, you. <laughs> That's the extent I know of chess. Is Ron? Ron's <laughs> Endgame, where he sacrifices. Exactly. Oh. Ron's the wizard. He's Doctor Ron. Um, <laughs> well, what was I going to say? Oh, the big failure. So yes, it is important to mention that we'll probably bring it up again. The wizard, yes, does say that there's basically only one way to do it, and it is through failure. A lot of failure. Failure is the only way to succeed. And um, so, yeah, Thor doesn't go for the head when he brings Stormbreaker to, to Thanos. And Thanos wins. Thanos wins at the end of Infinity War, snaps his finger, and half of all life disappears, which I think it's arguable that's like the biggest failure in all of all of fiction. Like, I can't yeah. think of a bigger failure than half of all life in the universe. Maybe there's some story I'm not thinking of or I don't know about. I don't know all stories, obviously, but... What what's that face? I, know, I was just trying to think. You know all stories. You were you <laughs> no, were searching the recesses of your hard drive exactly to think of any stories My that have a bigger pondering. failure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't think of any bigger failures in any any movie or book. Right, because we're not talking just human life here. We're talking all life, all life yeah. in all universes. Yeah, not just a galaxy, not just um, a few planets. It's yeah, the entire. I don't know. Does he say galaxy or universe? This is universe. Whoa. Because Captain Marvel mentions much later that she's, that what's been going on on Earth has been going on everywhere and that she's been kind of. Right. But does that mean other planets other, in the yeah. galaxy or other galaxies? I think it's other galaxies because the guardians of the galaxy, I don't know, are they even in our galaxy? I think so. Are they? I think they're the guardians of our galaxy. I don't, I don't know. That's Somebody a draw question. a map. We need a map. That's a good question. Somebody make us a map. We always need a map. But it, it would make sense because the Infinity Stones, they say, were created like in the Big Bang. So 
they would be powerful for the whole universe, not like, not a galaxy thing, because that's kind of small in comparison. So let's move on to Endgame, where let's they continue to fail. Yeah. And fail. You failed. You failed. You failed. You failed. You failed. <laughs> Name that movie. Elizabeth Town. So at the beginning of Endgame, I like how here's another parallel: is that Endgame starts with um, one parallel of the to Avengers. Elizabeth Town? Yes, Endgame and Elizabeth Town are parallel because um, Hawkeye is in Endgame and Legolas is in Elizabeth Town, and they both are bow and arrow wielding heroes. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a tight infallible connection mm-hmm. there. Yeah, yep. trying to think of any others. I'm sure there's dozens. I was just thinking the big one. They fail. Big failures. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, no, but what I was saying, the, the cool parallel is that between Infinity War and Endgame is that Infinity War, like we said, starts with Thanos and losing his his family, found family and real family. And Endgame begins with Hawkeye losing his family. Both both stories beginning with Thanos taking family from people. Sorry, um, I think you said with Thanos losing his family. Did I? Thor losing his family. Thanks. Thor... Yeah, Thor losing his family at the beginning of Infinity War, paralleling Hawkeye losing his family at the beginning of Endgame. And then just like Thor is driven by guilt, survivor's guilt in Infinity War, Hawkeye really can't face the failure and turns to murdering criminals. So there's that. That's fun. I'm not even sure if I want to find him. Right, exactly. I do feel like the the two movies, Infinity Wars and Endgame, they have, how to phrase it, Infinity Wars, there's a lot of failure like it seems to fail more and more throughout the movie until you end up with a big failure whereas i feel like end game you get few like you get more successes like they start small there's little things Hmm. like the fact that ant-man makes his way back small success you know and that and just little things they kind of regroup together iron man decides to work more with he comes back and works with them eventually and just all these little successes they're slowly building up yeah, they get the whole gang back together, even though they're pretty beat. But that's a small success. They take these small steps. It's not just one giant leap to winning. Also, And I guess you could consider it a success that Thor goes for the head this time. Even though they don't get the major win that they want, they don't get everybody back. But they do find and kill Thanos. True, but it's pretty empty at that yes. point. I don't know. Um, I wanted to talk about Tony because, well, Tony fails at the end of Infinity War. He faces... Thanos toe to toe and just like all the other other characters he's failed he's failed but Endgame his story begins with him really dealing with that failure he's accepted death but then even after Captain Marvel saves him how does she know where to save him I don't know I guess they're sending off some kind of beacon of some kind but SOS she happens to intercept yeah probably I mean if if um Rocket is on Earth maybe he has a way of tracking the Milano maybe that's or he guess. at least put it out there that what to, to look, look for. for them. Yeah. Yeah. But the galaxy, the universe is pretty big, so I don't know. Um, but what I was going to say is that Tony's really interesting in the context of failure because he's been haunted by Thanos for so long. In Age of Ultron, movies ago, Scarlet Witch put that image in his head of seeing the failure. He saw the Avengers dead, and that sort of spurred him, like inception to to build ultron and so he's been haunted by thanos for for so long and then even before that because thanos was behind new york so um i think possibly more than any other character maybe other than nebula tony really takes the failure failure to heart plus then he loses peter and that's that's really hard on him because peter is like a son to him um that so much so that even after even after he has a daughter of his own he's still haunted by that failure a bit because he keeps looking at Peter's picture and it's basically what pushes him to try to find out how to do time travel in the first place. Speaking of time travel, you want to talk about the time heist? Oh yeah, but real quick. So all these characters are dealing with failure in different ways. Cap just deals with failure by shaving his beard. Which is a failure. uh, It's a huge failure. To shave your beard is a failure. Well, to shave that beard. I love that beard. It's America's beard? (laughs) Yeah. Cap's beard is my favorite thing. I know some people aren't a fan, but I love, love Steve Rogers in a beard. And I was kind of disappointed when he shaved it. But at least he didn't lose it in the snap. So I was just thinking about my biggest hair failure in all of Avengers is... The weird ombre? Yes. <laughs> Can we just talk for a moment about the failing that is 
um, Black Widow's, you know, Natalie's hair. Natasha. Yeah, Natasha, not Natalie. They call her Nat. So yeah. I was thinking Natalie. Anyways, that's right, Natasha. Throughout all the movies, I have more problems with her hair than I do with anything else. <laughs> it's less realistic. It's my favorite thing to watch the Marvel movies with you because you always comment That's on it. it. Every I, time we watched Winter I'm Soldier, which is my fine. favorite. I'm you fine. I'm fine with thing. all kinds of crazy, inconceivable notions. But when they mess with facts, like her hair is naturally curly. So in this is my big one. In Winter Soldier, they're at Falcon's house. What's his real name? Sam. So they're at Sam's house you know, hiding, and Natalie has taken a shower and her hair is super curly, like naturally very curly. The next shot, her hair is straight. I'm sorry, Sam does not own a straightener in his house because he's a guy who has like zero hair. I'm saying he's got one there just in case. Just in case. Just in case he's got a girl over that needs Mm -hmm. her hair straightened. Yeah. I think most women who visit would probably be lucky to get like a spare towel at a guy's house, let alone a straightener. Maybe his... his awesome wings get some wrinkles in them and the easiest way to iron out those wrinkles is with a straightener what kind of straightener are you using on metal it's a special it's a special straightener then it would fry her hair all i'm that's saying her superpower. Yeah, so that and Maybe then that's her superpower in endgame they give her this like you know it's like because she had the blonde hair so it's like supposedly her blonde hair is growing out and she's got her red roots yeah. nobody has that color of red hair that's not natural. Don't pretend that that's like her natural hair color and the blonde is like the growing, the growth out of her, the growing out of her, you know, blonde period. Okay. I'm not arguing with yeah. you. I don't know why you're yelling at me about <laughs> her weird ombre. I'm yelling at the Avengers in general that they have failed. Yeah, it's, Natasha's hair. It's because it's made by I liked men when she had with short hair. hair so mm. I like her blonde hair as well. Yeah. I'm a fan. No, back to uh, Thanos, you're talking about getting his head chopped off. What's really interesting about Endgame is Infinity War just ended with the biggest failure, as we've established, in the universe. The biggest failure possible other than wiping out all life, which we learn later Thanos wants to do. But Endgame's starting with them trying to pick up the pieces of that that failure, and then they fail again. They have this plan, oh, we're going to get the stones, or we're going to, we're just going to snap um such high hopes we're gonna snap our fingers bring them all back and you think are they gonna do this the whole movie and then it just pulls the rug out from under you and boom second failure they can't get the stones because thanos already destroyed the stones um i just think it's really impactful and uh it's a power move it's a it was a big wow moment for seeing endgame like oh wow thanos is dead and they don't have the stones what are they going going to do do? now yeah (laughs) which is why they have to pull a time heist if you can't get the stones now you have to get the stones in the past well and also what i love about endgame and and its relation to failure is that they don't get those five years back so even though that this failure happens and they find success through the failure that failure is not erased it doesn't just go away yes. um it, they have to deal with the it's five not years back that have to passed. the future right exactly they As really they rag say. on back to the future in this movie <laughs> Which is funny because like anytime you have time travel, it's always a bunch of mumbo jumbo. So yes. it feels kind of like, you know, get off your high horse. They're like, being pedantic about time travel. When it's all silly. When it's all silly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so far. Yeah. Somebody will figure it out someday. But yeah, can we talk real quickly about how each of the characters handle their failure? like Their five-year failure period? Yeah, um, because I think even though Endgame is like this huge giant blockbuster, the biggest blockbuster of all time at this point, it's also a really fun and interesting character study and how different characters deal with failure. Like we mentioned, Hawkeye, he just turns to revenge and trying to sort of push the failure away and not accept it. And he sort of regresses and moves backwards and and some of the other ones do um thor as well and we'll get to thor in a second but when we talk about tony cap is a uh, running support groups which i think is interesting like if you're gonna go to a support group one run by captain america sure and that he's telling people to move on but he doesn't do it himself. right i love that yeah well and it's very interesting i hate that i keep using that word but it is interesting that scott has missed all the failure you know he was Scott Lang mm-hmm. was stuck in the, what's it called? I was going to say the Phantom Zone, but that was thinking of, of <laughs> DC. Mm. Lego Batman movie. Um, but he's stuck in Marvel's 
phantom zone but not really and so he's missed all the failure he comes back and he says it was only five hours for him right but because he missed all that failure i think that's why he's in the headspace to be able to come up with new ideas Mm. like everyone else has fully accepted they've grieved they've accepted uh, and maybe not accepted accepted, but like like, they've been living in in five years so this is it yeah they've lost hope this is their new half you know future yeah half the universe was wiped out they know they can't do anything about it now because um because the stones are gone so they failed those two big times and i think they've all lost hope but because scott missed that he's in the headspace to be coming up with new ideas and and what's cool about his character is he's able to inspire hope at least in um in cap and nat to to keep trying something and then and then um banner as well but nat she's been holding down the fort trying to find barton Right, and she takes on the task of just trying to keep the team together because that's, for her, the most important thing. And and that's why I love her as a character is she's just trying to keep the family together. Mm-hmm. And She becomes Mother Hen, checking in with everybody and right. let me know if there's any, if anything goes south, goes sideways, what did you say? If anything goes sideways, let me know. These lines are always open. Such a mom thing. Any trouble, you can always call. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And then Bruce, Bruce has sort of turned inward and finally figured himself out because Infinity War was about him failing to integrate his personality with the Hulk, I love when Valkyrie tells him, I think I liked you either, either of the ways yes. better. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Because it is uh, jarring. All the Hulk stuff, the Professor Hulk, as, as he's been deemed, yes. is a bit jarring, but I kind of like it. I like it too. Okay, can we... Can we talk some more about Thor? He's. I don't think Valkyrie fails. She's had five years. Of, well, okay. Never mind. She disappeared. Yeah, she's already deal- dealt with her failure. Yeah. In Ragnarok. She dealt with her. I was I was picturing her, you know, the, now. at the new Asgard. Yeah. And kind of running the show even though Thor has given up on everything. Yeah. And no, she didn't disappear. Like when they snapped the fingers? No. She's there at the beginning she of disappear. Endgame. I thought you were saying in Ragnarok when she metaphorically disappeared to Sakaar. I thought that's what you're saying. Oh no. No, she's on yeah, she's on New Asgard. She that's was right. what we were talking she's about. She's there before, when they go to pick up Thor. Where we don't know how she survived, but some sort of escape right. pod or something. But she survives Thanos's finger snap. After that, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, because she's there when they go to get Thor for the team. Yes. But yeah, let's talk about Thor. And the the reason probably the biggest reason we wanted to talk about the beauty of failure again is because we'd already talked about The Last Jedi and Luke and how similar Thor is to Luke in The Last Jedi. <laughs> he goes and hides. He goes and He's hides. He's like, grows a big beard. Well, I failed, so I'm going to, you know, put myself Run in a, away. a cave. Yeah. Either a rock cave or a, a man cave yeah. full of beer and... And Korg. And, and buddies to play and video Fortnite. games left. <coughs> yeah. Are they um, playing Fortnite? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I... We have discussed so. the I don't know games. <laughs> I don't really know Fortnite. I tried it once and I was like, "What? What is going on?" I think I think that's when I knew it? I was too old mm. for things. <laughs> Just for things. Well, if you've accepted it, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. So both both Luke and Last Jedi and Thor in Endgame have sort of put all of the failure on their shoulders, even. Um, you know, to an unnecessary, unhealthy point. And it's also the small characters that convince them. Rocket convinces Thor to come along because there's beer on the ship, and R2-D2 convinces Luke to come by showing him the hologram of Leia. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I had very mixed feelings about Fat Thor. How do you feel about Fat Thor? Not that he's fat. That's not my problem. <laughs> my problem it was, and I feel like I'm still processing it, I felt like they made it so much of a joke. Rather than, this is a character who's depressed and um, we can take this seriously rather than just making him the butt of the joke throughout. But also I feel like he has plenty of serious moments, so I don't know if I feel the same way as I did the first time I saw it. Just for me personally as someone who's had a lot of mental health problems and, and, and dealt with depression, at the same time, sometimes all you can do is joke about it. So I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. What do you have to say? I think they're just taking Thor from being the mightiest Avenger, as he calls himself at least. I don't know who's technically the mightiest Avenger. But 
they're taking him from being the highest to the low that he can go, lowest that he can go. Really, like, rubbing it in, you know, especially since they play up, like, Thor's physique. Um, when he's on the uh, Milano and they talk about how he's like if an angel and a baby, or an angel and a pirate had a baby. Like, right. That's him. And she and uh, Gamora's, like, stroking his muscles, <laughs> like, feeling his arm. Yeah. Yeah. And so they play up, you know, him being ultimate and powerful and ultimate physique. And and here he is the exact opposite. So I think they're just bringing him down as far as they possibly can. Right. And I'm I'm totally fine with that. And I think it's totally in keeping with his character. I just felt like it was a bit too jokey at times rather than. I can um, see that. Rather than, I don't know, just um, taking it a little bit more seriously. But that I think that jokiness sort of fades away as the movie goes along so it doesn't really bother me that much i just think it's a, a good conversation and i'd be interested to hear what how listeners feel about about thor and and like i said i i don't have any problem with the fact that he's like gained all this weight and he's in a dark place and he's clearly depressed like i think that's a really powerful way for his character to go because he can come from that low like you're saying but back to the time travel thing do you feel like the fact that they can travel in time means that they're not accepting their failure. Yes, absolutely. They even talk about it. Uh, when Thanos is, you know, complaining, he's like, guys, I already beat you and you couldn't accept your failure, you know. And he's like, now I'm going to have to do it differently. I'm going to have to wipe everything out down to its very atoms and rebuild so that people don't know about what they've lost. And uh, Iron Man says, you know, yeah, we're real stubborn like that. There's something along those lines. And so I think it is. I think that's what he's bringing up is that humans are stubborn. When we do fail, we use it as a way to push forward, not as a accept it and, you know, roll over and play dead kind of a thing. I guess what I'm getting at is that that phrase could be looked at um, in two ways, the not accepting failure, as in healthy, healthily not accepting failure or unhealthily not accepting failure mm. so I'm, I'm asking like is is time travel too much of a cheat to that like like they don't have to face their failure because they can travel in time or is it because they still have to deal with that five years of failure that that that's not true i don't know if i'm making sense but no i think i agree i was gonna say the five years i think because they've had five years of living with their failure now they have found an option to make things kind of right again like they said, they're not erasing the past five years. Which, can we mention that for those who do move on, find some, you know, as far as life, you move on, you find somebody, like, I love life especially, you move on, you find somebody new, and then they bring back everybody. <laughs> right, there's, there's a lot of be weird a problems yeah, for a for lot sure. of people. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. that's wrinkling my brain to <laughs> think about. But yeah, they've lived with their failure for five years. Now they have a, a way to move forward with some more hope to returning all these people. So... I don't, I don't consider it as a, as a way out of their failure, but as a way forward from their failure. Even though they're going back. Even though they're going Interesting. back. Interesting. Yeah. Can we talk about Frigga, Thor's mom? Yes. Okay, so let's go into the time heist and talk about the, the different things that happen. So Thor's mom, Frigga, she is a... Such a funny name. Frigga. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Anyways, I didn't even think that... I didn't even remember that was her name. I don't know if they say it in Endgame, but... Mm. But yeah, she is speaking words of wisdom. I love that she recognizes Thor, like knows that it's him from the f right, future. Yeah. Like it's not the Thor that she knows, but it is a Thor. Right. And I like that she mentions that she was raised by witches. <laughs> There's some backstory there Just that I want to know. Line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, like what is, I need to go read some Norse mythology about Frigga apparently. Yeah. What do you want to say about Frigga? Well, um, another reason I wanted to talk about Endgame and the beauty of failure is because it feels like the line from Yoda and the line from Kit's mom in Unicorn Store. So the line from Yoda and The Last Jedi is the greatest teacher failure is. And then Kit's mom in Unicorn Store tells her part of becoming an adult is failing at what you're passionate about. And we were drawing parallels between those two in our first Beauty of Failure episode. And then in a similar sort of shot to the arm of wisdom from a mentor character, Frigga tells Thor, everyone fails at who they're supposed to be. The measure of a hero is how well they succeed at being who they are. I love that line. I wrote that one down too. I like that right before that she says, she says, a failure? Absolutely. And he's like, that's a little harsh. But <laughs> Right. 
But like I mentioned before, he doesn't take that advice to heart because a little bit later, he's still worried about duty and he thinks like it's his duty to wear the, the glove, that he's the, supposed to be the one that snaps his finger. I love and that he, moment. He, I wrote that down too. He says, you know, just let me do it. Let me do something good, something right. He's like still he's, searching for that. He's trying to fix his failures and he wants to be the mightiest avenger he wants to be thor again and he doesn't feel like the thor he's supposed to be right so i love that at the end when he goes off on the milano he says i'm just gonna be you know it's time for me to be who i am whoever that is and he he doesn't really know he's gonna go find it right he tells valkyrie i don't really know where i'm supposed to go now but part of me part of the reason i have mixed feelings about thor at the end of endgame is that he doesn't get that catharsis in the same way that Tony and Cap do. And part of it's just um, the nature of movie making. Chris Hemsworth isn't done being Thor. You know, he's going to still be Thor, whereas Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. are done. So they can't really give his character a. Wait, Chris Hemsworth is still going to be Thor? Are they doing more Thor stuff? Yeah, Thor Love and Thunder, the greatest title in the history of titles. (laughs) You don't know about this? And Natalie Portman is coming back and she's going to be Thor. Yeah, Yeah. but Chris Hemsworth will be in the movie too. I didn't realize Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, okay. Is this going to be released? Movie movie or I Disney so. Plus movie? I'm pretty sure it's movie movie. I think okay. Disney Plus, they're focusing on like TV shows or short series. Word for and it. Movie movie. Movie movie. That's A theatrical dis- release. Distinguish, <laughs> I know. Thor, Love and Thunder. But like I was saying, the Endgame can't really give his character a complete... I, I feel like his arc isn't complete Okay, to me. but he's got another movie coming. So maybe we'll get more catharsis there. Well, he does. I'm just saying like we, we've been dealing with Thor and failure for so much time now. I just, I have mixed feelings about his ending. That's all I'm saying. Um, not good or bad, just mixed feelings. One line that I love, it was a quick line that, well, let's see, when Nebula and War Machine, I don't remember everybody's real names very well. <laughs> <laughs> You're using made up names. Okay. Yes. I'm Spider-Man. Exactly. When Nebula and War Machine are off on the planet where they meet Peter Quill to get the stone. Which stone is that? Power stone. Power stone. I can never keep the stones straight. So when they're there and Nebula reaches through the little guard around the stone and it like burns the fake flesh off her metal robot arm. Then she becomes Luke Skywalker. Is that what you're going to say? Exactly. (laughs) There's another parallel there. Yeah, but she mentions to him, she says, you know, I wasn't always like this. And he tells her, he says, we work with what we've got. You know, he's doing the same. He's using robotics to help himself walk after his accident. And I think that kind of sums up the whole movie. We've lost half our crew. We have failed for the past five years, but we work with what we've got. I love that. We're we're pressing forward. We're doing our best. We work with what we've got. Well, and also... um on the story of Clint and Natasha. So they go to get the soul stone and they have that little conversation about, oh, which one of them says it? One of them says, I don't judge people on their worst mistakes. Um, I think Nat says it to Hawkeye about his turn to murdering criminals. And she's saying, I don't. Well, he tells, she tells him that because he told her that. Right. Long time ago. Right. Movie. Or you didn't. He said, you didn't judge me on my worst mistakes. But yeah, so they, they've, they're not judging each other on their failures. Um, but on their on their successes, what makes them good? I couldn't decide which I find more tragic, Vision and Wanda or Nat and Barton. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just think that Nat and Barton's storyline there to get the Soul Stone is really interesting because, you know, Nat can't live and save the world and Barton can't save his friend and the world like they've just got to somebody's got to go they've got to make a choice and neither of them wants to make the choice and also the soul stone is emblematic of of failure in that you have to fail to get it or fail in some way i mean i guess i said before that thanos didn't fail because he succeeded at killing gamora but the movie at least leads you to believe that he loved her in some way and so the soul stone you have to fail in some way to succeed which is I mean, Mantis. The main theme. Feels Thanos and says, you know, he mourns. Right. So we do know that he feels loved something. him in his own way and loved him and loved, loved her. her in his own creepy way. Yeah. But I just think that's um, the main theme for me of the whole movie is that you not only is failure good and you learn from it and it's a great teacher, it's that you have to fail in order to succeed, um, which is what the movie's saying. And uh, not just through the Soul Stone, but through everything with the wizard yeah even when they start to succeed like they bring everybody back hulk 
wears the gauntlet and the, he snaps and he, and he brings everybody back. Can I pause you there for yes. one second about Hulk? Uh-huh. Can I talk about Hulk? Because uh-huh. I love this, is that his experiment that caused Hulk to come into existence was a giant scientific failure. And he's been dealing with that failure for his whole life. Um, he's pretty much tried everything. He's He mentions um, being suicidal in the first Avengers. And um, he's been stuck as Hulk for a long time up in space and in, on Sakaar. And it's he realizes, he says, I, I was made for this. And that idea that that great scientific failure was needed it was faded it was yeah they they needed that for success and i I love that so much that that he uses that failure to finally find his like ultimate purpose which is really powerful yes i love that too okay so they snap their fingers they bring everybody back which they've like succeeded at this point right you're like sweet everyone's back and then here comes thanos and they weren't even expecting it at this point because in their minds they've already killed current timeline thanos so they're not expecting past Thanos to show up. Um, so they, they've they still failed by letting past Nebula get in and, and bring, you know, and she brings Thanos to them. But speaking of how Hulk was, you know, fated to do this, I like that because Thanos is always talking about how he's fated. This is how things are meant to be. He says, I am inevitable. Like, this is it this is how it's going to be um and he tells them he says you could not live with your own failure and where did that bring you right back to me yeah i wrote that line too <laughs> yeah. which is funny because we watch these the movie at separate times yeah so we <laughs> but yeah so now thanos has a new plan um and the avengers have even more than half of humanity humanity to lose if they fail to stop him again like at this point he's gonna wipe everything out not just half of humanity right. well but- half of universe sanity right. yes universe mm-hmm. sanity but yeah. <laughs> again he he being prophetic he really is inevitable they've gone back in time and they haven't really had to face their failure in a very literal way in in the sense that they didn't have to face Thanos but here they are they have to face him they have to defeat him and you know by extension all of his minions um and finally moving forward face that failure you know, in that battle, I just maybe this is where Thor gets a little bit of um, catharsis or a bit of a character arc. I think the the difficulty of a big blockbuster of this size is that all the characters don't really get as much time as you want for them. But that moment where Cap gets the hammer, which is yes, probably the best it's moment up. in all of Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's so cool but i also think it's important for thor as a character and maybe we forget about it because it's just such a cool moment so much of thor up to this point has been him trying to do things on his own and you know trying to be the worthy one the one that's you know royal and and the king and the kingly hero kind of a thing but this at this moment he finally accepts it and it's like and um, what does he say when cap lifts the hammer he says uh i knew it you know, I knew it, yeah. Again, drawing back to that Age of Ultron moment where they're all trying He's to lift a little the hammer. Worried. Yeah. Which I'd... is a growth moment for Thor, too. Right. Like instead of being worried about Cap being able to do it, because that would mean somehow Thor is less than, he's willing to share that same, I'd call it level, that same power. Yeah. Well, and that's what I'm getting at is that he's finally accepting the team as the yes. team. And that's like the Avengers are finally full and whole and united as Avengers. Because up to this point, if you watch all the Avengers movies, Thor is often sort of off to the side a little bit. He's not really part of the team. Ever since the very first Avengers, he's he's kind of just there to, to deal with Loki. And then in, in Age of Ultron, he kind of runs off to figure out stuff about the stones. And then in Infinity War, he goes off to get Stormbreaker. And finally here, he's fighting alongside the team. And and it's at that moment that the whole team is united. And I think that that is really cool. It's great because the whole team is actually back because they've brought back right, everybody who's disappeared. Team. What, you wanted more? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it makes me so happy sad when sam says to cap on your left and i know right and then everybody just shows up and it like still gives me goosebumps and i've seen it so many times and i'm like everybody's back but yeah so at at this point thor is finally stopped worrying about who he's supposed to be in a lot of ways and he's just being himself maybe i just found some catharsis with thor there you go (laughs) i love when captain marvel shows up she doesn't fail she's been taking care of the universe (laughs) Right. That's why they have to wait to bring her in because she 
just is too awesome and powerful to mm. to fail. That sounded like uh, I don't like her, but I love Captain Marvel. Also, that moment where Cap has to so before everyone comes back through the wizard's portals and cap stands up you know in his head he doesn't say it out loud because it's a joke at this point but in his head it's basically i can do this all day and it's just him against thanos and just him (laughs) against thanos's army and i love that moment because it's not until after that that the portals open and everyone comes back he is facing his failure head on it's not that he's on the ground and then the people come up and give him hope it's that cap being cap is gonna fight to the end no matter what. And it's at that moment where hope seems to be lost that <coughs> sounds like I'm choking up, but I just have a frog in my throat. Um, <laughs> hope seems to be lost. No, no, there are uh, tears streaming. Let I, the record show. I've talked a lot about Thor in this episode, but I love Cap so much. He's, he's the greatest. <laughs> oh, and then Tony paralleling his fight with Thanos in Infinity War also faces him toe to toe and he's the ultimate succeeder he's (laughs) he finds ultimate success he's the one that snaps his finger because he's learned from his mistakes and uses his greatest superpower which is his brain um and his nano robots to finally succeed and to um overcome that failure that he's had for so so much so much time i'm not using words correctly but (laughs) i liked tony's storyline in that he he dies but he doesn't fail which is big for him especially since he mentions earlier that save everyone if he can but keep what he has at all costs there's still this sense that his wife and daughter are the most important thing and he's not willing to sacrifice them or or lose them in any way but instead he knows that he's the only one who can he's got the uh, the power and so he must and so he does he succeeds and i just breaks my heart i held it together pretty good throughout the whole movie until oh what's his daughter's name morgan morgan named after her crazy eccentric uncle uncle. uncle. yeah exactly because that was the dream he had right um speaking of fate dreams because he mentions that he you know dreamed of thanos right yeah anyway so uh when he yeah i held it together pretty good until morgan at the very end says that she wants a cheeseburger oh man and happy says he'll get her all the cheeseburgers she wants and that part always gets me i start losing it as tony's dying which as tony's dying which is interesting for me because i just have so many other characters i like more than tony he doesn't tend Um, to be my favorite either I think it's because he's had such, yet at the end of all things, you know, Lord of the Rings, no, at the end of all things, he has had a really good arc, but he mm-hmm. had to go through a few movies where you don't really like him much. And so I was probably holding on to that a little bit through Age of Ultron and Civil War. I didn't care much for Tony and his side of things, um, but yes. he has a really beautiful arc. Just because he's been around the MCU the whole time, it, it really is the best arc, I would say. And I noticed this time when watching him die which sounds morbid <laughs> morbid yeah that's what you do in movies you watch people die <laughs> and uh but when you're if you're listening there's like this subtle whirring sound of his power on his suit mm-hmm. and it goes off i like, know that's when sound, i start to cry the sound fades out right as the light goes off on yeah. his suit. that's when i start to lose it and then i i lose it from that point through the rest of the movie when, all the, when pepper's heart, hand is like on his light yep, that part yeah that's when I start, and then it just the rest of the movie. I'm a mess, just bawling. Yeah. Any final thoughts? Um, just the Iron Man when he, when Tony when he plays the recording of himself. I love that recording. Mm. I feel like it gives you the closure that you want. Yeah. And I love that he mentions that part of the hero journey is the end. So he's you know saying that we're all faced with our own mortality, and and part of the hero journey is the end. Like he's just like anybody else. That's beautiful. Yep. My final thought is just that I think the beauty of failure in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is is that failure happens together as a team, and so success does as well. And these movies really are about about the team and how they drift apart and come together and drift apart and fail together and succeed together, and it's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. No one of them can defeat Thanos on their own as much as they want to. Well, thanks for joining us this episode. Let's uh, let's close it out. Uh, let us know what you think about Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame and the theme of, of failure. And, and Did we miss any of your favorite failures? We all have favorite failures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we learn from them. Exactly. Therefore, we appreciate them. Maybe they're not our favorite, 
But yeah, don't forget to rate and review the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to Hello from Elsewhere. It really helps us reach more listeners like you, and, our fellow nerds and, that we love. Yeah. And tell your friends because that's how we get new listeners is by word of mouth. So please tell your friends if, if you like us. If you don't like us, well, there's Just no need to mention to yourself, anything, yeah. you know, if you can't say something nice. <laughs> And don't forget to engage with us on Twitter and Instagram at elsewhere underscore pod. Come say some nice things to us. We'd love it. Well, let's go see if they'll let us uh, build our own awesome weapons. Stormbreaker part two. Yes. All right. Happy beeps. Happy beeps. <laughs>